0: Well, man, welcome to a new week. This week, we'll tackle essential number four uh, from our fall study, Essentials of Our Faith. Now, this essential is going to give us a 3D look at the life of a believer, what's true of those who are now found in Christ. It has past, present, and future dimensions all wrapped into one block of text. Um, It's taken almost exclusively from Ephesians 2, so we'll jump around a bit, but that's where we'll stay for the most part. So let's read our essential first, and then we'll dive into it. Essential number four. Being estranged from God and condemned by our sinfulness, our salvation is wholly dependent upon the work of God's free grace. God credits his righteousness to those who put their faith in Christ alone for their salvation, thereby justifying them in his sight. Only such as are born of the Holy Spirit and receive Jesus Christ become children of God and heirs of eternal life." So, like I said, uh, this this is an expansion of Ephesians 2 with several other things lumped in, but you can see most of the things here. So let's also read now Ephesians 2, uh, verses 1 through 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, we might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, which is truth, and We thank you for uh, statements of it that help us to think through it, Lord, so be with us today as we look at the gospel of grace, as we view our lives together in 3D, uh, past, present, future, the work that you are doing within us by your Spirit, and we pray that you would uh, receive all glory in the study. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so this first dimension, uh, like I said, is the past dimension. Um, Our essential starts out by saying, essentially, we're dead in our sin estranged from God, and that's exactly what Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2. Like he says, we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Um, He makes the point to say we are dead dead. We're not sick. We're not mortally wounded. We are dead. To drive the point home, he uses the Greek term necros, which is where we get our word necrotic. Um, There's nothing about a necrotic corpse that we would say could respond uh, positively to the commands of Christ. So, without his intervention and that's exactly what we see here. Um, so some of you I'm sure have heard the lifeboat analogy, we'll illustrate it with this. Um, it's often said that uh, salvation is like God reaching a hand out from a lifeboat to us as we reach our hand up, you know, pulling towards him, each pulling towards each other. And uh, that's, that's just not what the scriptures are teaching us here. Uh, a proper illustration from that analogy would be Christ in a lifeboat, reaching down to the depths of the ocean and finding us there blue um, to the core or rotted all the way to the bone and then breathing new life in us, pulling us up into the boat and sitting down and saying, look what I've done for you. Um, deadness and sin is dead. It is not mortally wounded. It is necrotic. And that's exactly what Paul is teaching us here. So that's the start. That's the past for everybody born under Adam, born under sin. You begin dead in your sin uh, apart from the regenerating work of the Spirit. And that's where the good news uh, starts after that, is that in the present now, regenerated in the Spirit, we see the work of God. And that's the transition we have here in verse 5. We we see from the past now to the present when uh, Paul writes these wonderful words. Look in verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, and this is the transition starting in verse 5, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, He, God, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And then we see it again coming back in verse 8. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing, right? It's not the hand reaching up. It's Christ reaching down. It's the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So as we contrast the past and the present, uh, what the essential is doing and what Paul is teaching in Ephesians 2 is that we're contrasting deadness to life. We are born once dead in the flesh and we are born again the second time alive now in the spirit. This is given to us by grace alone. It's not something we can do. We receive it by faith alone, not something we can merit. We receive it in the in the empty and the open hands of faith. And so what this is essential is starting to do here now is to introduce us to another term that answers the important question, how are we made righteous with God? You see, if we're dead in sin, now we're alive with Christ, um, it, it starts to use these righteousness terms. Look, look together at the essential again. And this is the second clause. God credits his righteousness now to those who put their faith in Christ for salvation. He thereby... Uh, thereby justifying them in his sight. So how are we made now alive by the Spirit? How are we now credited as righteous before a holy God? Well, it says, justifying us. Paul uh, uses this term justification as as a legal term. Uh, That's really important to understand. There are different uses of terms in the Bible. James uses justification in a different way. Paul is using it as a legal term, uh, whereby he says we are declared righteous before God's holy courtroom. Um, He goes in Romans 4 and 5 through this idea, if you want to go through and read that, but essentially we're imputed with Christ's righteousness. That's a funny term. Uh, Christ gives us legally his righteousness as we um, now give our sin to him. He's worn it um, for us on the cross, so he credits our account legally before God. Matt Smethurst uses the illustration that uh, we stand before a holy God in his courtroom and he says, you are no longer going to the gallows. Um, You are free now to go. But that's not where it stops. Uh, There's the past dimension where we're dead, the present dimension where we are now alive with Christ justified before him. But there's also a future dimension too, that we are heirs with him. Look at that last line of our essential. Only such as are born of the Holy Spirit and receive Jesus Christ become children of God and heirs of eternal life. And this is adoption language, heirs, sons of God. We see Paul writing about this in Galatians 4 too, uh, but we see it here somewhat also in Ephesians 2, um, where he says in verse 7, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ. He's speaking of us as heirs to our future inheritance, right? And so if we go back then to the Smethurst illustration that God says in his holy courtroom, you're no longer going to the gallows. Well, he follows that up with a better thing. No, you're you're not just not going to the gallows, but you're coming home with me. I am your inheritance. I'm going to lavish these riches upon you for all the future of eternity, Friends, this is the full dimension gospel of grace. That We were dead. He made us alive. But he didn't just make us alive so that we could simply exist. He eternally seeks to lavish our great inheritance towards us in Christ. So the application of these things is it changes everything for us because it creates a new posture of living. We're able to see the three-dimensional great plan of God to save us. It changes how we view God. He's holy, sovereign, pursues us in grace. It changes how he views you now as a son, as an heir in Christ. And you're saved. You're kept by God's own hand. Salvation is of God from start to finish. And that is your confidence to live. That's what empowers you to truly live for him. We worship him now forever in response to his saving grace by how we live our lives, starting even now. So let's go and let's live those lives um, of confidence, bold confidence that we've been bought by Christ. So staying in Ephesians, let's finish out now with a prayer and a benediction from Ephesians three, fourteen through 21. Let's receive this together. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you will be filled with all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen.